This is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and And now we've got a year to visit all 52 and make a program about each and every one. Lincoln A to Lincoln Z. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. Yeah, that's right. Lincoln A to Z here on Siren FM. I'm Paul Tyler. And uh, the other side of the desk, a man who's about to give you a, a greeting in fluent Italian, is Johnny Hall. Buongiorno. Aha. Not bad, eh? <laughs> hey, brilliant, Johnny. So uh, push that magic button that's going to tell us what grid we're visiting in this episode. My name's Ian Mills, and I live in Lincoln. Well, I've lived in Lincoln for about 15 years, and I love Lincoln because it's nice and quiet, tranquil, brilliant. Ooh, P17. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Um, okay, you're listening to Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM, and uh, this week the grid that's been randomly chosen by Joe Public is... P17. Uh, that's right, P17. So tell me, Johnny, what is inside this grid? Okay, well, it's, it's dominated by the old um, St John's uh, Hospital site. Uh, you've also got Canick Avenue, Litchfield Road, which are some of the new roads that have been built on what was the site, but really, this is all about St John's. Okay, and uh, inside Bracebridge Heath, obviously, uh, up the heath, up uh, the Crosser Cliff Hill, uh, which uh, I, I, can tell you, I can tell you was a wheeze, wasn't it, Johnny? Who, that was uh, hard work. It was. Yeah. So out of, the, out of the two of us, who made it up that hill first? Well, you know you did. That's, what, that's why you're asking the question in front of everybody, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. Although I, uh, behind closed doors, I've been gloating about it as well. It's not just a no, radio no. thing, is it? No. Uh, okay, right. You can uh, get in contact with us. Please do if you've uh, got any any stories, any photographs to share, or anything uh, that that would um, enhance our Lincoln A to Z uh, website. Uh, you can email us Lincoln A to Z at SirenOnline.co.uk, and that's open all the time. Obviously, find us on Facebook. Please do, uh, and uh, we're on Twitter. Hashtag Lincoln A to Z. And you can also check out the website. Lincoln A to Z dot co dot UK. Okay, right, so it's time to uh, stop meandering now and go for a walk about the grid. Uh, Time to visit our P17 grid. Now, we were lucky enough to be joined by a resident that has a very keen photographer's eye. So we're here on uh, grid P17, which is Bracebridge Heath. Uh, We made it up the heath. I'm still a bit wheezy from from cycling up Crosser Cliff Hill. Um, But I'm I'm really pleased to say I'm really uh, happy to bump into again uh, Rob Rickles, uh, a photographer and uh, a resident of of, of Bracebridge Heath. And we uh, we find ourselves in the grounds of the old St John's... uh, What's what's the term for this? St John's, was he saying, mental hospital? That that would be a mental asylum. So so you've you've photographed inside the the, the disused uh, hospital. Tell me me first, I mean, what's the attraction of that rather than sitting on your sofa watching telly? Architecture and adventure. What's it like inside? Um, spooky but very good. Um, it's very, very dark in places. There's lots of dangerous bits in there and bits you need to be careful with. But it's um, kind of the overwhelming kind of gloom of the place. But it, it's just, I don't know, I just find the place beautiful. I mean, you look at the outside of the building and you compare that with a modern hospital, which is just like concrete, glass, bit of metal. 
And you just look at the detail that's gone into all the roofs there and just all the brickwork is just fantastic. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's certainly a sight to behold. Now, Johnny, you're here with us as well. And you, every time we've mentioned Bracebridge Heath, you're saying, right, I want to get inside the hospital, which we, we can't do. Um, we need to keep things legal, decent uh, and honest here on Siren FM. And uh, there's a huge uh, load of Harris fencing around it. Lots of signs saying danger, CCTV, keep out, keep out. Um, but so, Johnny, what, I know you, you're, you're desperate to get inside there, aren't you? What, in your mind's eye, what, what, what do you want to see? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, when I was growing up in Lincoln, this was kind of a mythical sort of place. I didn't really quite know where it was or what went on in there. But it was it was often used as a kind of a threat, you know. In, in less enlightened times, people would say, oh, if you don't behave, we'll send you to St John's. Or, or a childish insult, you know, your mum's in St John's, that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's how I knew about St John's. But then when I, when I saw it, when I got a bit older and I realised where it was and I came past and it was already closed down and becoming a bit decrepit, I thought, I really want to get inside there and have a look. And I discovered some photos online. Um, I don't know if they were your photos or somebody else's, but, yeah, it's just absolutely beautiful with, you know, trees growing them through floorboards and, you know, peeling paint on the walls. It's just, there's a, there's a beauty to it, which... You, you wouldn't get with a modern building. That's the thing with these old buildings, I think. They, they age very well. You know, a 1970s building in this state would just look horrible. Uh, a 19th century building in this state somehow looks beautiful. So we're, we're, go, we're going back to Rob now. And Rob, you're part of the, the, the Shutter Chimps. Tell us a, a bit about the Shutter Chimps. Um, well, we're a multimedia photography group operating on Twitter, Facebook, Flickr, and recently on Google+. Uh, we're a group of kind of informal photographers where we do monthly meetups at um, uh, the pub uh, we do lots of organised trips out and stuff and it's just an exciting place to be but whereas we've got traditional camera clubs where they have like monthly fees and people meet up and um, have like very traditional formats we don't really do that we're just a group without structure almost within a structure of format Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Sounds like sounds like a good kind of caper. Also, oh, and should also plug it. We are currently exhibiting as part of Lincoln Inspired at the Museum of Lincolnshire Life. Um, if you go in the entrance there on the top floor, we've got an exhibit with, I believe, thirty nine photographers exhibiting fifty three photos at the moment, okay. which is well worth a visit, and it's free. Okay. So how much how much of this uh, how much has already been knocked down of the area, or is this is it slowly going to be developed around here? Um, yeah, there's a big plan going at the moment where. Originally, when this place shut, 1989, I think it was, um, the whole site was about 120 acres, and most of the estate that you'll see going around on this side of the village was all um, heath grounds. Um, a lot of them have been knocked down. I know, you know there's, there's loads of those outbuildings, playing fields, everything like that, which have all been developed already. What is left is basically the Grade 2 listed building. Part of the plan, which is going to be starting to work very soon, you can see there's already building materials out, um, what they're going to be doing is knocking down all the new bits of the building. So there's lift shafts in there, there's things that built in the 70s, the water tower is all coming down, and what is left will be all transformed into uh, private accommodation and flats. So this isn't the only sort of building you, you, you've uh, photographed the, in, uh, the inside of. Uh, sort of disused buildings, I'm, I'm guessing, are, are, are a real attraction. I mean, what's the, uh, what's the dangers of getting inside? Barbed wire, obviously heights and everything. Um, it pays to be wary, but part of the wariness is the excitement. If it was easy to go in, it probably wouldn't be as interesting. It's part of the kind of adventure of doing it. Um, you, know, you find an entry, you don't break anything, you don't smash anything, but usually if you look at an old building, there will be a way to get in somehow. Probably maybe a bit dangerous, but that, yeah, so that's part of the attraction doing it. We're walking down the side of this now, uh, sort of heading heading east, I suppose. Uh, I'm getting a, a blown away by the scale of the place, um, and and really what you know the, the the operations that must have gone on here, the staff that must have been here, the inmates that must have been here must have been 
I, I, just counting all the windows, you know, if you've got one room per person, uh, which I'm pretty sure it would have been, uh, then, then the, the, the scale is, is, is pretty overwhelming because this is just a, a building I've, I've seen, not even paid attention to in the distance, really. Um, it, it's, it's really quite flabbergasting. Yeah, I mean, it is huge. Um, when the asylums were built uh, around the country, there's various different styles, and this is a very kind of symmetrical one. We've just come past the main admin, which is a halfway point. From this point on, everything to the left is identical to what's on the right near enough. Um, there are alterations done to it with lift shafts put in. There's a matching lift shaft on either side of it. And you've got the very ornate tower corner there. That's the ventilation tower. We're basically just big air shaft. And all through the building, there's um, ducts and stuff moving around which air would blow in through there and get fresh air throughout the building. But I bet uh, the, uh, if you're in it at this state, I bet that, that's an eerie feeling, isn't it? Yeah, uh, especially at night. <laughs> <laughs> um, wondering around there at night when you've got pigeons moving around. Because when you're in there, you can hear what you can hear out here. So you can hear birds, you can hear children playing, you can hear laughter, you can hear people talking, and you're in a very what could be perceived as being a creepy place yeah yeah no i mean at some point of that did you not think right i've seen so many horror movies that start like this uh wh- why am i here um yeah the same reason why you watch horror movies because they're <laughs> fun i've been in plenty of times on, on my own and plenty of times with friends and it is exciting it, the scary thing about it is you know it is scary and that's exciting it's why you watch a horror movie you, you're sitting there you want to be scared you, why would you go around a mental uh, an old mental hospital on your own at four o'clock in the morning yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know. To be honest, that, that that's behaviour I can't recognise. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. And and it's not. It still isn't. I mean, Johnny, you'd you'd love to get inside there, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a bit. You know, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. I'd be a bit worried about putting <laughs> my foot through something or falling through a ceiling. But yeah, no, I think it'd be worth the risk. Well, you see, it's not it's, for me. It's not that. It's like I said in there about the horror movie thing. It's like I've mm. seen, I've, I've I've seen so much, and every every time you sort of go, well, why why are you there? Why are you not at home or somewhere else or doing <laughs> something? You know, it's just that way. You know, why would you scare? But you know, like you said, you know, it's the same reason you watch horror movies to scare yourself. Same reason you go on roller coasters, isn't it? Um, but but I think we were all. Uh, awestruck. I mean, uh, Rob. Uh, th- I should say, great thanks to uh, to Rob Rickles there, and. Rob knows that place sort of inside out, sort of like the back of his hand, but I think both you and I were sort of surprised by the scale of it, weren't we? It's absolutely enormous, and and it makes you wonder what happened to all the people who were housed in there. There must have been thousands of patients in there, and I, mean, I, I assume, I don't know an awful lot about the, the history of it, I'm sure we'll find out more from Joe later, but I imagine it was part of the whole care in the community thing in the, the late 80s where they decided that it was best to, to care for people with these kind of needs um, out in the community rather than having them locked up in these hospitals, which, you know, is an admiral idea. Um, but you do wonder where all those people are, how much care are they getting? You sometimes see people in the streets and you think, are they really right to be out there on their own? Would they, might they even be better off? As, as spooky as it seems now, I'm sure it was a, a caring, you know, good level of care in the place when it was open. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe it's not such a great thing that it's closed. I don't know. Well, no, I mean, not just that. I mean, there's the, uh, the the amount of people that must have worked there. I mean, that's that's the thing that knocked me over. Uh, and then when you have a building like that, it's, it's the, the service industries and things like that around it that, that, that feed it, you know, the, the, the food, and, food and things like that that, that that people need. Yeah, and we're seeing only a tiny section of it now as well, of course. A lot of the area where there are new houses built, that was all part of the hospital as well. There were newer buildings that weren't worth saving and they were all flattened for those new houses. So it was, a, it was an enormous, enormous place. What we're appealing for, really, is a bit of uh, a bit of more historical and, and, and local knowledge. Any stories uh, coming from anyone who used to work, perhaps at St John's or St John's 
uh, hospital. Uh, please let us know. You can contact us via the website, lincolnatorz.co.uk. Uh, and also, uh, you, the link that we've got on there leads us to uh, some of Rob's photographs he was talking about there. And uh, they, they, they really enjoy getting into uh, into old buildings. Uh, but also, I mean, Rob is a fantastic photographer. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll be hearing uh, some more from the, the Bracebridge Parish Council. Uh, more about the, the village itself of Bracebridge Heath, because this is somewhere that I drive through, or used to drive through on a regular basis. Uh, and I always just went past St John's, didn't even give a second thought. And actually, like we do on, on, on A to Z, we, we, we sort of go off the beaten path a bit and, uh, and walk around it. And uh, just like I say, just the scale uh, of that place. If you get a chance while it's still there, while it's still in the condition it's in, uh, park the car up, have a walk about and uh, get, get some air in your lungs. Lincoln A to Z. Uh, okay, now uh, you're listening to Lincoln A to Z here on Siren FM uh, and time to uh, check out the history now uh, of our P17 grid square from Joe Hughes from the Lincolnshire Archives. This grid square covers a large area on which stands the remains of St John's Hospital, Bracebridge. It was built in 1852 and enlarged on several subsequent occasions throughout the 19th and early 20th centuries. The hospital was set in grounds of 120 acres, which included gardens, farmland and a burial ground. St John's was closed in 1989, with the remaining patients transferred to other establishments. The site was sold for housing and most of the buildings, apart from the central block, were demolished. St John's has gone by many names since it was built, only including the word hospital as recently as the 1960s. Before then, it was variously known as the Lincolnshire County Lunatic Asylum or the Lincolnshire County Pauper Asylum, amongst other names. The way the name of this institution's changed throughout its lifetime reflects a changing attitude towards the treatment of those with mental health issues. Its geographical setting is eloquent of earlier attitudes too. It's situated, like so many of its kind, in a grand Italianate building, in the fresh air, on the outskirts of the city, away from the centre of habitation. Nineteenth-century society in general regarded mental illness with fear and horror, not to mention a sometimes morbid fascination. And so the situation of this new building couldn't have been better placed to allow Victorian sensibilities to forget the problem. The isolation of the hospital on the heath, with all its own amenities, vegetable gardens, water supply, chapel and graveyard, could have done nothing to help its patients benefit from regular healthy contact with the outside world. It's easy, though, from a modern perspective to condemn the Victorians and their attitude. But to be fair, the medical profession was gradually making progress towards a more enlightened approach to treatment. Don't forget that the Lawn, Lincoln's other mental asylum built in the heart of the city over 30 years before St John's, was paving the way in the treatment of its patients with the pioneering work of Dr Charlesworth and his staff. He was developing treatment which reduced the use of mechanical restraints in favour of social, occupational therapy, which was way ahead of its time, like the construction of a purpose-built theatre to be used by some of the patients. Such new ideas must have been taken on board during the development of St John's, as there was indeed a theatre there. Nevertheless, when you look through some of the St John's Hospital documents we hold at the Lincolnshire Archives, they paint a picture of Victorian mental health care which still clearly had some way to go. As well as administrative books relating to the running of the establishment, minute books, staff salaries, building plans, clothing, food and supplies, we hold hundreds of patient records which date from the time of its opening. As we come forward through time, if the records are less than 100 years old, they're restricted access subject to the 100 years data protection legislation due to the sensitive nature of the information they contain about people who may still be alive. Registers and admission papers contain information like name, age, gender, date of admission, marital condition, occupation, type of mental illness, religion, who is liable to pay the cost of treatment, and it's the journals and the case books that go into further detail. 
with information about diagnoses, detail of treatment, the names of those under mechanical restraint or seclusion, details of deaths, injuries and violence. The reasons for committal and the causes of the so-called mental illnesses during the early days are often surprising to our modern-day understanding. Women could be committed for lactation, which refers to what's now understood to be postnatal depression. Other common reasons for committal include side effects of syphilis, religious mania, with melancholia being a term which covered a large array of problems. The apparent or alleged causes were divided up into three sections, moral, physical and hereditary. Here are just a few examples from the male patients' registers, the names remitted for obvious reasons. Cause, moral, always peculiar. Cause, physical, fell on head many years ago. Cause, physical, epilepsy. Cause, moral, unsettled habits of life. Cause, moral, anxiety about business matters. Cause, hereditary, was observed to be deficient of intellect when a child. Cause, hereditary, has been considered a congenital imbecile. Cause, physical, much exposed to the sun. Cause, hereditary, father slightly demented. Those patients who weren't discharged or transferred would end their days here, and the archives holds a register and plan of the graves, the site of the graveyard being to the south of our grid square. The hospital closed in the 1980s due to various factors, while understanding and treatment of mental health had moved on a great deal from the early days depicted in these documents. Now the hospital stands empty, with only the physician's house in use and renovated into a pub. Uh, superb. Thanks ever so much to Joe Hughes uh, from the Lincolnshire Archives. And I think the uh, the admittance notes there really uh, bring that piece to life. We, we, we considered long and hard about whether we should include them. Uh, and I think it was the right decision, really, just because it, it opens up uh, the, the door, really, and, and, and lets you uh, look at the way that, that mental health used to be uh, uh, viewed upon. Uh, OK, now it's time to go back out into our P17 grid. And we were delighted to meet a parish council member whose enthusiasm for his village is infectious. We're meeting a, a, another Bracebridge Heath resident, and I, I put the accent on the Heath because off mic I've just made really rather a, a faux pas and called this, this this Bracebridge, and it's it's not a good footing to get off in. Is it? it uh, it's time to introduce now uh, John Kilcoyne uh, from. Uh, well, explain your role here in Bracebridge Heath for us. I'm a parish councillor, but I'm also involved with the Bracebridge Heath Parish Plan, which it was a community involvement. We consulted with the residents 18 months ago, and then reported back six months ago about all sorts of aspects of life in the village, and from there we're trying to build up the community trying to get things going a lot of people thought that there wasn't much of a community here so we're trying to address that okay and how much do you think of that is by is by location it could almost be a suburb of lincoln couldn't it rather than a separate village you you, you can get that feel just because just down that huge cross a cliff hill boom and you're not very far away from from the action if you like I think a lot of people like the fact that we are separated from the city. There is green space, you've got to come up the hill, it is fields that's not going to be built on. The fact that we are the first village outside the city coming in this, this direction is a major draw for people. People want to live here for that reason. Yeah, yeah. So draw, but what about the village aspect with, with with so many roads going through it, so many quite major roads, the A15, the A607, these are these are things that they kind of dissect the village a little bit and, and, and take away from its, its its village feel maybe. Yes, it does, but anywhere where you've got a main road going through it, you've always going to have that problem. We've got the issue here because of, we're standing by the old hospital, but because the hospital was such a focal point in the past, the, a lot of the village grew up around it. Where we're actually standing at the moment is one of the new estates that's been built on the hospital grounds, and there is a lot of feeling in the village that there's a them and us sort of situation, depending on whereabouts you are, uh, where, where you live in the village. 
Exactly. I mean, you mentioned there a bit about the hospital. What what would you like to see happen to this this sort of huge area of land and, and really fabulous building? Well, there are plans in place at the moment. The developers have permission to take the hospital buildings and turn them into houses. We're expecting that to start any day now. How do you see that? Do you see, or, or how does the village feel uh, feel about that? Is that a good thing? More houses, more houses? There's a great depth of feeling that the people want something to be done. I think everybody is really disappointed at how long it's taken to get to this point. There have been several developers over the last 20 years working various aspects of it but everybody's really just so sad to see it in the state that it's in i think there is also there's a worry that we're going to have a lot more houses the roads are not going to improve there's no more places in the primary school the doctor's surgery is full so lots of the facilities are not going to change because of it but we'll have a lot of more people here but the fact that it's going something's going to be done with it has to be a good thing um so you talk about some of the uh the improvements have made and certainly the, the community are making those improvements you talk about you know like today you're going out and uh, and doing some planting yes we've got um britain in blooms uh, we're entering first time this year so we've got um people involved in the parish plan are um, planting shrubs planting various other things along sleaford road some of the public areas we're trying to get some of the um the bits that don't look that good tarted up a little bit and get some nice planting to hide the unsightly fences and things like that yeah. so how long have you lived here john I've been in this village, I think it's six years now, Lincolnshire ten years and, and Bracewood Chief six or seven. Okay, well that, that's quite surprising because you, you're, well, perhaps not from your accent, but you, uh, you certainly feel at home here and you certainly feel you, you, you're wanting to make this your home. It is interesting, yeah. We, uh, when we first moved to Lincolnshire, we're in Cranwell, and Cranwell's a bit of an odd village. It's middle of nowhere. Facilities are all based around the military, and it wasn't that ideal. And we're, every time we kept looking to move out, we always seemed to end up back at Bracebridge Heath looking at houses, and there was obviously something that drew us here. Uh, great stuff. Thanks ever so much to uh, John Kilcoyne for his time there. And, uh, of course, enthusiasm. And what, what surprised me there, uh, and you heard at the end of the, uh, the interview there with John, uh, was that he'd only been there, there six years. And that, that kind of passion and enthusiasm for a place you live in, uh, I, certainly around, around these parts, <laughs> I would say, uh, it, it comes after a longer period of time now. But he really feels uh, at home there and takes it on board, doesn't he? Absolutely, and, and clearly very proud of the place. I think it's great that there are people who are, who are so... Um you know, proud of that area. I mean, the look on his face when you called it Bracebridge, that was uh, know, pretty priceless. But, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, you know, we, we both said afterwards we wish we'd recorded that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is, I mean, they're obviously very proud of the fact that they're kind of separate. They're not just a suburb. They've got a bit of green space and they're, they're more of a, a village. I mean, I, I grew up down Brant Road, uh, kind of downhill to the mm-hmm. west from there. And I think we, we always kind of felt that they were looking down on us, you know, yeah. both, both physically and perhaps metaphorically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it's, it is great that there's um, kind of an enthusiasm from people like John to uh, to give the place an identity. Uh, there is that. And also, John alluded to the uh, the Bracebridge Heath Parish Plan. Uh, and uh, fantastically, as we go about our journeys, we always look for an object uh, to find that's going to be in our exhibition uh, in December 2014 at the collection here in Lincoln. And um, we didn't need to look on this one, did we? Because John handed straight over to me and said, there's your object, uh, the Bracebridge Heath Parish Plan Questionnaire, um, which is a fabulous little document because for me it represents people 
listening and asking questions. Uh, a lot of people want that these days, <laughs> these days, don't they? You know, with various uh, things nationally going on with referendums and whatnot. Uh, but for this to happen locally and someone to give you a question and say, what would you like to see? How would you like to see it? Because this is your, your village, uh, your opinion counts and it matters. Uh, and they've put together a fantastic document here. Um, it gen generates back to October 2012, but I think it's still very, very relevant. Um, and I know uh, Bracebridge Heath Parish Plan uh, are on Twitter. Uh, you can find them more than likely via our website once we <laughs> once we put a link up there. Um, but what do, you, what do you think about this, Johnny? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, say it's a question asking the public what they think. It's sometimes a mistake, I think, to ask the public what they want because. Well, um, and I think John actually did mention um, that there was there was like a, a section in there that was saying, "What do you want to happen?" And people said, "Oh, I want this to happen. Want this to happen." And then there was another question saying, "Would you be willing to help?" make these things happen and no yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that's always the problem that that, that um you know you, you come up against with these sort of things i guess yeah yeah i'd like i'd like a lot doing but i don't want to do it myself exactly yeah yeah uh, lincoln a to z on siren fm a question of lincoln Bells of Lincoln Cathedral there, announcing that it's time for a question of Lincoln and the, the Siren FM choir just 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 warming up there. If you uh, if you listen closely, you can hear Jeff Thompson from uh, from the halfway there breakfast show, and you can hear Jeff accompanied by the uh, the fantastic Ian Mills on Wednesdays, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on Siren 107.3. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, time for a question of Lincoln now. Um, Johnny, from the last series, can you remember the score? Oh, I don't think I can, was it? Nor can I. No. I've got it written down. <laughs> I've got it written down somewhere, but I, we, all we know is that I'm in the lead, um, which is, is, is pretty important. Um, okay, so who's going to go first this week? You're going to go first. Yeah, yeah, go on, I'll go first then. So, uh, nice, easy one for you, as this is the start of the series. Um, in, right slap bang in the centre of Lincoln, uh, in between City Square and the Waterside Centre, there is a sculpture that reaches out across the river. Two metallic figures reaching out and touching oh, right, hands. Right, you know right. the one. You know the one I mean. I know what you mean. Now, what is the name of that sculpture? I like that as well. <laughs> is it A, empowerment, <laughs> B, emancipation, <laughs> or C, inspiration? Ten seconds start now. Okay, right now it was uh, there's, there's, there's a, a well-known uh, employer in town uh, that funded that, and there was a bit of controversy at the time about it. People didn't know it. I'm going to say empowerment because it's all about power. Yes, it is <laughs> yes. empowerment. Yeah, yeah, because those those parts are actually parts of turbine engines and things like that, which is the industry. I'm in, Johnny. So you know more about it than I do. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Did oh, you not know that? Yeah, makes yeah. more sense now. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, <laughs> you see, when we set this up, we thought I would be the one who didn't know anything. Wouldn't we? <laughs> I, uh, a lot of these, to be fair, I have had some really good guesses, and I didn't know that, but I used uh, I used I used logic. Yeah, but a lot of your questions have been things like my mate who lives in Lincoln yeah. said this. <laughs> How am I supposed? That's not something I can learn. Is it? <laughs> no, no, but you know, but, yeah, but bearing in mind that I never take the time to learn anything, mm. I, I've just been lucky on the guessing answer. I guess. Okay, right now, time for uh, Johnny Hoare is question now. Now, Johnny, could you uh, play uh, that cart in the instant cart track, please, and listen very, very carefully because there'll be a question on this noise after. Okay. 
my back garden earlier this week uh, because we recently had uh, the uh, the media ascend on the county to commemorate the anniversary of the Dam Buster raids. Uh, and of course, they flew from Lincolnshire. Um, now, that recording um, was it of a Spitfire with a Merlin engine, Spitfire with a Giffen engine. Or did I completely get it wrong and have Noddy from work point out that it was, in fact, a hurricane? And do you want to listen to it again? Go on, then. I'll, I'll, it's not going to help me, but I'll try, I'll try again. <laughs> it's a good noise. Okay, 10 seconds. Um, right, well, I, I haven't got the faintest idea. It's going to be a pure guess. Um... But I do know how inept you are, so <laughs> I'm I'm going to go for C. You fell for it. I'm afraid to say that. Right. <sighs> you see, I knew you'd think that. I knew you'd think that was inept. Do you know how much faith I have in you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I went for Spitfire uh, with a Giffen engine. I think you'll find, um, and uh, there are plenty of people at my work who, uh, who who could tell me all about that for long periods of time. <laughs> and uh, more power to them uh, right okay so um, we'll find out the scores for that and we'll tell you them next week because uh, I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't even find the pad that it's on at the moment uh, but all we need to know is that I'm in the lead Johnny you need to make up some ground lincolnatorz.co.uk uh, but now it's time for uh, Trevor Davis, who is a poet and creator of the superb Philosopher on Tap website. And he's, given, he's been given the task of writing a spoken word peach piece about each of our grid squares. P17, Brace Bridge Heath. Hi, y'all. Randy's the name. I'm from Alabama, doing the United Kingdom to discover my roots. I'm just here for a long weekend, so gotta cram as much in as I can. My great-great-granddaddy was from Bracebridge Heath. So soon as I got off the plane in London, I jumped in a cab and came straight up. Can't be that far, I thought. Well, let me tell you, your English taxi drivers charge a mint. Cost me a few hundred of your British pounds, but I'm here now, I guess. Staying at the White Hart Hotel. I asked the girl behind the desk the way to Bracebridge, and she very kindly gave me a map. Best way is to jump in a cab, she said. I said, after my first experience with cabs in your country, I ain't taking another one, so I said I'd walk. Can't be that far. Never walked anywhere before, but my mind was made up. It sure was just a little bit further than I bargained for, but I got there in the end. Up Canwick Hill, and then hang a right until I got to Canwick Avenue. When I got there, it was nearly midday, and I was getting just a little bit peckish. Okay, mighty peckish, if I'm going to be totally truthful. I got to the end of Canwick Avenue, and what did I see but a homestead? A good old ornery homestead like they used to have in Alabama. What's more, that homestead did good plain American food. Steaks, burgers, barbecue chicken. Why, it sure as heck has reminded me of home and my granny's cooking. If I had a peck of fault, it would only be that there were no grits on the menu. I asked the waitress and she looked at me as if I was from another planet, so I didn't push the issue. It would also have been nice to have had unlimited refills, because the glass my Coke came in was pretty small, but I figured after the grits incident I better hold my tongue. After lunch, I spent a wonderful 15 minutes walking round. I found that the place used to be a mental hospital. Maybe my great-great-granddaddy was a doctor. 
Well, I finished Bracebridge, Heath, and headed back to the homestead to ask them to call me cab. I'd done enough walking for another year. I'm home now, back in Birmingham, Alabama, that is. The hotel told me to catch a train. I guess after seeing the Bracebridge, I didn't have much time for anywhere else. I spent the rest of the trip resting in my room and in the hotel restaurant. I guess someday I'll have to come back and see your cathedral and castle. Have a nice day, y'all. Randy. Lincoln A to Z. Thanks for listening to the Lincoln A to Z podcast. Do you know anything about this or any of our other 52 grids? If so, we'd love to hear from you. LincolnA-Z.co.uk has all the information and contact details you'll need. And don't forget the live Lincoln A to Z show is on Siren FM Monday nights from 9.